eternal life for every one of us who would say, yes, Jesus, come into my life. On the day that Jesus was hanging on the cross, there was a thief hanging on either side of him. And one of the thieves turned to Jesus and said this to him. He said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me. When you get there, don't forget me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus, with great pain and agony for the, the beating that he went through to be crucified was much greater even than the other two who were hanging on either side of him. And uh, with great pain and effort, he would have lifted his head and looked to the man who would have spoken to him, and he said to him these words. He said, Assuredly, I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. Marvelous, marvelous promise to that man. Have, have you ever heard anyone say, or maybe you said them yourself, these words, Hey, that's not fair. Anybody ever hear those words? Have you said them before yourself? Of course, we all want fairness, but the, re the response that comes back is oftentimes what? Life isn't fair. And the reason why we know that response comes back so often is because we understand that, that fairness is, in a, is an attempt to to equally distribute reward and retribution. And unfortunately, we discover that in our attempt to distribute fairly reward or retribution, that there are extenuating circumstances. And it makes it difficult to, to know what is fair and what is not. And so what we, we do is we find that fairness is kind of a moving target. We're always trying to hit the target. We ought to try and hit the target. We want to be fair, but it's kind of a moving target. And the reason it's a moving target is because fairness is oftentimes determined by deservedness or need. And based upon if a person deserves something or not, or is in need or not, kind of has an effect on what's fair and what's not fair. Let me give you an example. If this morning a, a large truck loaded with bacon pulled into the parking lot, <laughs> and, and my obligation to all of you, because you are my friends, was to equally distribute all the bacon... We would count how many people there are, we'd count how many strips of bacon there are, and we would do our best to, because we want to be fair, equally distribute the bacon. But then we discover that is, does a two-year-old, does a two-year-old need the same, the same amount of bacon that, say, a more mature and robust man might need? You know, probably not. And, and then you think, well, if you give the same amount of bacon to the two-year-old that the, the more mature and robust man might, might be able to consume, 
that a lot of the bacon that went to the two the two year old's going to get thrown away. It's it's going it's it's pointless. He's just throwing away good bacon because that two year old isn't going to be able to consume the same as as a as a man might consume. And so you think, well, so what really is fair, and who judges it, and who determines it? And one person might say, well, you know, the adult should get six pieces of bacon, and the one year old or the two year old one piece of bacon. Someone else might say, ah, let's make it five and two. And who really knows? Because it's kind of a moving target based upon deservedness and need, how do you determine what really is fair? I'll give you another example. You come home, you had to leave your three boys at home, and you come home and you, you, you go into the kitchen, and on the counter there's cookie crumbs. So you, you having spent a lot of effort making cookies for the, the church volunteer meeting you've got to go to, and you're supposed to bring the cookies for them, you open up the cookie gar, jar that's full of cookies for the volunteers, you open up, and the cookie jar is now half empty. And so you gather the three boys, and you say, there's these three guys are standing there in front of you. You know one of them is guilty, that you left them home, uh, nobody snuck in off the street and grabbed cookies and ran. One of the three boys obviously took the, the cookies. Now, two of the three don't know, but one knows who he is. And, and he, he did it secretly because he knew he'd be in trouble if he ate the cookies and got into them. So he doesn't even let his brothers know. He just goes in and he just takes the cookies secretly. So you've got three boys standing in front of you and you say, okay, Look at who ate the cookies. Those were for a meeting for the volunteers, and, and that totally messes me up. Now, who took the cookies? And all three of them deny having taken it. I didn't do it. Well, I didn't do it. Well, I didn't do it. And, well, somebody took it. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. You know, nobody seems to be able to own up to taking the cookies. So you come up then with this. You say, well, you know what? We were planning on going out for ice cream in a movie tonight, but that's off. No ice cream, no movie, because somebody ate the cookies, and uh, we're just not going to do it now. And you know what would immediately happen? There would be an outcry. Wait a minute. That's not fair. That's not fair. I didn't do it. And you know, you know, all of us, or a lot of us here have lived long enough to know that you can tell who actually is guilty because the two that are truly innocent will scream the loudest, that's not fair. The other one might say, well, yeah, that makes sense to me. We all ought to pay the same. <laughs> you know, you know, but uh, probably, you know, but let's say all three of them are really good. All three of them really equally deny that they didn't take the cookies. So you can't tell which of the three did it. And so you say, well, this is the deal then. No, no ice cream, no movie tonight. That's not fair. Well, on the other hand, your argument would be, well, then, is, is it fair that the person who stole the cookies not only gets the cookies, having stolen the cookies, plus gets the ice cream in a movie as well? Is that fair? And does that signal to that individual that deception is a good thing to do? That if you, if you can just do something that's wrong and get away with it, all good for you. So you can keep trying to find new ways to deceptively get what you want and get away with it with no consequences. Does that seem right? Does that seem fair? Well, no, of course, that's not fair either. Well, so then how do you determine what is fair and what is not? How, how do you do it? Fairness is a moving target. It's really hard to determine what's fair. It absolutely was not fair 
that a sinless son of God would hang on the cross and get the same punishment that two thieves would have gotten. Completely not fair. It is absolutely unfair that Jesus, having done nothing wrong, honored God in heaven, did all that he could to serve people, healed people, fed people, loved people, forgave people, embraced people that were hard for others to embrace, accepting tax collectors, anybody. He really went out of his way to do right by people and to do right by God. He did nothing wrong. How fair is it that he would hang on the cross when he was innocent? Here's the message. Forgiveness is more powerful than fairness. Forgiveness is far more powerful than fairness. We need forgiveness. Fairness we'd like to have, but it's tough. And, and who can define what real fairness is? Hanging on a cross next to Jesus was a thief. These men apparently had been caught in their crimes and were, were guilty and, and they were paying the price for it. Their performance in life had not measured up to a standard and expectation that society had for them or for everybody. And the consequence of their inability to measure up and, and create a situation which was considered to be a crime against people, uh, it cost them. They were paying the price with their own lives. But Jesus had done anything wrong. Why then was Jesus hanging on the cross? What, what was he there for? Why would he have to pay such a price? Here's, here's the story. Listen to it. It's in Luke 23. One of the criminals hanging beside Jesus scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal don't you fear God even when you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was, it was fair in the minds of everybody around that these two guys on either side of the cross should be hanging there. But one man, one thief, recognized that the guy on the center cross had done nothing wrong. He didn't deserve to be there. He, did, it, he had done nothing wrong. He was innocent. It wasn't fair that he was there. And yet there he hung. And the reason he hung was absolutely good news for the man on the cross who understood that he deserved to be there while the other one did not. This was good news for this man because this man got a promise from this man, the Son of God, that today, today you'll be with me in paradise. Forgiveness is way more powerful than fairness. Because that day, that man was liberated, not just for time, from the cross he hung on, but he was liberated for eternity because the promise of eternal life was secured for him through what Jesus had done. 
The other man, he was embittered by unfairness. I suppose if we took time to hear this man's story, we would hear that he grew up in a troubled home, that his, his dad was a drunk and, and playing around all the time. His mother uh, was having to do things that were uh, unseemly because of, of uh, trying to make it in life because the husband who has abandoned them isn't of any help. And, and so he's out left running the streets and he's out trying. I mean, his story is probably one of great pain and heartache and difficulty that ultimately led him to a life of crime. And, and uh, the course, in the course of that, he probably was in a lot of fights, and he probably had a lot of things going on, you know, and frankly, he would just simply say, you know what, you know, I discovered like so many other, life is not fair. I expect it to be fair, but, but it's not fair. Something truly unfair about life. And because of that belief, he ends up giving himself permission to to live a life of crime. Now he hangs on the cross and he's mocking Jesus who unfairly hangs there and says, well, come on. You know, life's been unfair. You know, so what's your problem? Get off the cross. And by the way, if you really can, why don't you get us off the cross too? His life is so hardened, so embittered by all the unfairness he experienced experienced in the world, giving himself then license to live however he wants to, that he still, still hangs on the cross. And rather than humbling himself and saying, fairness or not, what I really need is forgiveness. But the other man, he knew what he needed. He knew he needed Jesus. He knew that he needed to be forgiven because forgiveness is what God provided to the cross. It's not whether or not these guys had a chance even to perform well, to, to rise to some standard. He was going to die in the next few minutes. He didn't have time to prove that he could live a good life. Didn't have time to prove it. Forgiveness is what he needed more than fairness. Forgiveness is what he needed more than fairness. But he held out for, for, for fairness and got nothing. He decided to embrace forgiveness and gained eternal life. And the only question really ultimately is, as we all know, I mean, there, there really is, you think about it, our world right now, uh, our, our United States is, is, in a, is in a moral tug of war. People are, are, are from all different ways of thinking in life, putting on the table of equality what they believe should be fair. And the unfortunate reality of it is, is that some of those things probably demand some thoughtful consideration and some not because they, they push up against the standard of God's righteousness and holiness for living. But whatever it is that's on the table whether it's good or rather you might consider it not to be good. Reality of it is, fairness is a moving target. But forgiveness is secured, nailed at the cross through the blood of Jesus for you, for me. And so the only question really ultimately is, is will we hold on to our hardness of heart and bitterness because of the unfairness of life? Or will we simply say, you know what? 
Yeah, things don't always go the way we'd like them to go. Things aren't always what we hope for. Things don't always turn out uh, exactly as we'd hoped. But this I know. I need forgiveness more than I need fairness. Because with forgiveness, forgiveness is what bridges us from this life into eternal life. I need his forgiveness. I want you to, to just listen to this song that expresses the heart of the thief who knew he needed forgiveness. I am a thief I am a murderer
that thief on the cross, as you hear in the song, understood that his time has come. He said, and I, I deserve what I receive. He could have just as easily said, what, what's going on in my life is absolutely fair. Uh, I'm, getting, I'm getting what I deserve. But fairness is not nearly as powerful as forgiveness. Forgiveness is what we need. And it was because of the power of forgiveness that the story doesn't end at the cross. That's the good news. And the good news is, is that for you and I, that our story doesn't end with all of the unfairness that you may experience in this life. But when you have a relationship with Jesus and he paid it, you discover the story has so much more. Here's the rest of the story. Matthew 28, verses 1 through 6. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. <clears throat> Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the uh, women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified, but he isn't here. He has risen from the dead just as he said. Yes, Jesus died upon the cross, no question. He did that in payment for our sins because the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But he didn't stay there. He conquered death. He overcame it on our behalf in order that you and I could have eternal life. And so the power of his resurrection is now provided through what he did to, for you and I. So that you and I can live for eternity. Heaven awaits us. Jesus said it this way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And then again, on another occasion, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he will die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Now, when he said that, he wasn't discounting the reality that we will die once because the Bible says that we will die once. But it says then, and then there's the judgment. And the fact that Jesus died for us, gives to us now the promise of eternal life for all who believe in him, who accept him. When you think about life, life isn't always fair, but I'll tell you what, forgiveness is always available to anyone who says, Jesus, come into my life. I need you. I love you. I want to know that eternity has a place for me in heaven. See, what he did was he gave us to us a life option. You now have a life option. You can be like the one thief who rejected him, or you can be like the other thief who says yes to him. And if you say yes to him, then this you know that the promise of God is, is that after this, heaven awaits. I'm looking forward to heaven. How many are looking forward to heaven? Absolutely. And the reason you and I can look forward to heaven is because of what Jesus did. Not only did he die, but he rose from the dead.
I can't make it without him. I can't find my way into some great eternity without God. Without you, I'm lost. And that's kind of what you hear Lee saying as well. Lee's telling us how his life was in Las Vegas, but he gave his life to Jesus. It made a difference for him. And now he has the hope of so much more life, abundantly here and in eternity, because of God. Life isn't always fair, but forgiveness is always available. I was just bow your head with me just for a moment. We're going we're gonna to close. We're going to sing a couple more songs, but then we'll be closing. But in your own life, your own walk with God, I'm sure that like many of us, there's a lot of things that we can say, you know, really aren't that fair. It's not that fair. But today we celebrate this reality that Jesus, knowing full well that life wasn't fair, unfairly took upon himself all of my sin and all of yours. He carried it to the cross. He died for me. He died for you. And then he overcame the power of death that you and I might have the promise of eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. If life has been unfair for you, there's still a place in Jesus. If you say, well, life's been pretty fair. I don't have a lot of complaints. Great, marvelous, praise God. But you still need Jesus because eternity still calls upon every one of us. <laughs> if you're here this morning, you'd say, I want to be sure this Easter Sunday that whenever my time is up, that I don't end this life with an embittered heart hardened by the unfairness of life, but instead I've responded to the forgiveness that Jesus has provided. If that's you, just lift your hand right where you're at. I can't even see you, but you know it, and God can see you. That He knows where you're at. He knows your heart. He knows your desire. Say, Jesus, I want you in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just pray with me? Father, we come to you. Because, Lord, if we don't come to you through Jesus, then the power of the resurrection has no benefit for me. I don't want to be like a thief on the cross who dies in the hardness of my heart. I want to be like the one on the cross who dies knowing full well that you have made a way that I could have eternal life free from the stuff that we have to go through here. Lord, I thank you for that. And so, Lord, those that have risen their hand, I pray, Lord, that you would hear them today and you would help them, Lord. And though, Lord, life still is unfair in many places and times, you, Lord, you have provided forgiveness and we can walk in the power of that with confidence that eternal life awaits us because Jesus rose from the dead. You overcame death for us. And Lord, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.